Welcome to Martial Wisdom. Here you can listen to conversations on all kinds of topics related to martial arts. The topic of our discussion today is martial arts in movies and how that affects our training and how we look at the martial arts. Joining me in this discussion is Dr. John Zhu Zhang. Before we start, please consider supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Spirit Aikido online program, which currently has more than 160 videos. Another option is to contribute any amount you like through the PayPal tip jar. Even small contributions are greatly appreciated. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, on with the discussion. I've got a great show today, and I'm welcoming back my friend, Dr. John Zhu Zhang. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Or close. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk you. about martial arts in the movies and show business and whether or not it's a blessing or a curse to the martial art itself. Uh, this is going to be a great topic. Um, John is actually in the movies. He's a stuntman and actor. So I think he would be a great person to give a little insight to, uh, to this subject. I mean, I think every, we all have some opinions on it. And it's the, the uh, show business has certainly affected all of us in the martial arts. So I think this is gonna be a great topic. Welcome back, John. Thank you so much for having me back. You know, I had a great time last time, so I'm thrilled to be back today. So thank F you so much. Fantastic. Well, we got some meat to dig into on this one. Um, really the blessing or the curse uh, is, is what is the role of show business and, and movies and TV on the martial arts? I think the first thing everybody thinks about is there's a certain actor or a certain movie star that just opened my eyes to martial arts and it brought me to the martial arts and that's why I was interested in it I fell in love with and you could fill in the art fill in the blank with art whether it's Chuck Norris and karate Steven Seagal with Aikido Bruce Lee for kung fu and, and Chinese arts uh you know there's a long list of names um I I, I, I can't say that uh, you can't deny that there's been a positive influence in terms of interest I couldn't agree more. And the names you just mentioned there, I think at one point in my life or another, you know, um, they've all influenced me. You know, it's like uh, you watch someone like Jackie Chan, Jet Li. Mm -hmm. And then when you see, I think back in 2008, when Jet Li and Jackie Chan actually collaborated, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. And, you know, um, certainly I feel that films have done some wonders for the martial arts you know it's certainly brought it to to something that's more mainstream especially with bruce lee uh with his films um you know th th there are some you know uh, the amount of people i meet who say you know oh i started martial arts because of bruce lee i, I started martial arts because i used to watch jackie chan films and everything and mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's lovely to hear that you know that so many years on from their heyday, um, you know, they are still influencing and inspiring people and, and today's generation. Sure. So it's um, very rare what I ever hear someone's, um, I've seen it only once when someone said on a forum, hey guys, who's this Bruce Lee guy you, you, you know, you keep talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So for sure, you know, it's um, when you watch, uh, when, when you watch films and you see the fight sequences which are you know spectacular um you know it's it looks like that's the first time they're doing it you know and it's all very natural of course behind the scenes they probably spent months and months and months rehearsing that so it looks second nature uh, <laughs> certainly from my experience working in working on film sets you know uh you tend to with bigger budget films you have a lot of time to rehearse 
so you get to synchronize and um, work with your partner. Let's say you and I are, have a fight scene together. Uh, we get to rehearse, we get to rehearse the timing, the different techniques, the nuances, um, and make amendments. Well, the, the fight choreographer will make amendments as and when, you know, it's like, a, for instance, I'm, you know, I'm five foot nine on a good day. Um, how tall are you? Uh, six, four. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so if the fight choreographer had planned for a fight scene between two guys who are roughly the same height and build, then that would be as soon as you and I come on set. You know what I mean? So um, there are always things that we need to, uh, that will always need changing, especially on the day when you're on the set, for instance, Small things might not, might need to be changed because the environment is different to the one that you've rehearsed in. Mm -hmm. So um, things are always subject to change in that regard. And with uh, when, when you see the final cut, you know, uh, on the big screen or on your TV screen, you know, that that's usually the best version. You know, there oh, are sure. many, many outtakes like you see in the Jackie Chan films. Mm -hmm. At the end of every film, I'm, I'm sure we've all... Oh, yeah. That was probably the highlight of every Jackie Chan film. You just watch it to the end to yep. see the uh, credits mm -hmm. and you see just how many times it all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Even when it had a, a, a script or a blueprint for what it's supposed to be, you know, keeping it on that. And that the way that I think about it is really it's a, a very elaborate and expensive commercial. Like it's, it's is a presentation crafted for, for dramatic effect. And it, like you said, it's meant to look plausible. Like this would be how it would look naturally. And yeah. the irony is how, how unnatural it is to make it look natural, you know, and that's, that's the part that, dr that draws you in, into the fact that it looks like that. And, and whoops, sorry, I'm getting a connection notice uh, again here, but, um, and I think that's one of the things that as, as people look at, oh, well, this is what violence would be like, or this is what, how effective this, this art would be it's going to be different when there is no script, when it's not crafted. And, and, and I think the, the people that are watching videos because of YouTube and because of uh, the more transparency now that's coming within the martial arts realm. And I think audiences are getting a little more sophisticated. They can spot something that doesn't look right that, you know, and even, even the, the martial art movies of the seventies look very vastly different from the eighties or nineties, which are different from today. And they've gotten more sophisticated because audiences can spot, oh, okay, this is kind of fake and, you know, it's entertaining, but you know, you can spot that, but, and this is when, to me, when I see demonstrations by martial artists, because they don't have that Hollywood crafting or the movie that the really developed science of creating a, a compelling demo that looks completely real when people see it, whether they're live or whether they're watching it on video, they go, oh, I can see how it's not quite real. I can see it's, it's a little, little fake. It's a little contrived. You can tell that this is planned. And they kind of dismiss that because, well, it's not what I'm used to seeing like John Wick or, you know, something of that nature, which is, I mean, the, the level of craft that goes into the, the John Wick movies or, or the Mission Impossibles or the modern hand-to-hand -hand fighting mm. is phenomenal. I mean, but it is expensive. It is, it is, it takes an epic effort to create Absolutely. that. I mean, especially when you have the actors who will learn the fight sequences as well as the stunt doubles as well. Mm -hmm. um, just in case, um, just in case the actor can't do it or, or, mm -hmm. you know, they want a, like a cleaner run between two stunt doubles having to do it themselves. And um, 
because that's what the stunt guys do for a living, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think with uh, certainly what you said there, when you see martial arts performances and films, yeah, you know, it, like um, demonstrations, obviously, for martial arts, um, uh, expos and everything, obviously, there's an element of choreography. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, it's not a real fight. Uh, right. and, and, you know, when I, with some of the comments I see on YouTube, when you see a, a martial arts demonstration, the comments say, oh, it's so fake. Well, no, it's a demonstration. It's <laughs> right. So um, in terms of um, like um, efficacy um, of what you see in the films, I always see some elements which are, oh, yeah, that's really good. You know, that, that's workable. It's like mm-hmm. there are some things in, say, Taken and the Equalizer, which I think, hey, that's, that's really cool. I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, um, but then you get stuff like, say, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where you've got the wire work and everything. Mm-hmm. It still requires a huge amount of athleticism by. Oh, absolutely. The, it's, yeah. it's unmatched, you know, it's yeah. in, in, insane. And I think um, it's good for, it's good to showcase the art form for sure, you know, and you sh- see the variety. And what I love in films with fight scenes is the variety of and the creativity of mm-hmm. uh like in uh, the raid for instance uh there are there is a the the range in, of techniques which they do in that film is phenomenal because mm-hmm. they don't repeat themselves and it's very you know nothing is um yeah everything is just new and everything is refreshing and then you get other films which might reuse the same choreography again and again and again which right. um then I get a bit bored from it, but I think um, in terms of when you see, um, if you're a martial artist and you're watching a fight scene, we, we tend to be quite critical of that, you know? It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. You know, it's... Uh... Well, you know, and the best example, and I would encourage any anybody uh, listening to this is, for the example is, go and look on YouTube for Marine Corps martial arts demonstration. And, and this, is, this is a video I ran into a couple of years ago, and it was U.S. Marines, and they were doing a demonstration for some kind of a crowd. I don't know what the, the audience was, if it was some fair or something where they were trying to do recruiting, but they were showing they had a, a little, um, it was an area that was, had a bunch of those little rubber pieces so you could throw people into the ground really hard, um, you know, like kind of a little pit, and they were showing their martial art, and boy, did it look fake. But I mean, these are the U.S. Marines. They're training soldiers for hand-to-hand combat. Like that's a legit art. And yes. you know, there are other videos where there was another one where they had a group of MMA fighters that went to the Marine Corps training facility, and they they actually tried doing. They set up a couple of MMA type fights with Marines versus MMA fighters, and of course, the MMA fighters dominated that one. And then they turned around and said, "All right, we're going to take the MMA fighters, and we're going to have them go on a Marine Corps." training course like this is what the marines trained for and the marines just annihilated them you know because it's it's two different things meant for two different purposes but for the demonstration you know now you're making these martial artists these fighters these warriors soldiers become actors and they're not actors they're you know what they're doing is designed for combat um and and so if uh when you said about the hypercritical thing i think this is one of those things where to get that dose of reality realize are you taking somebody who's trained to do one thing and now wanting them to do another and expecting them to be good at it um 
because you can be a great actor and not be a good martial artist and the, and vice versa. And the same thing with, you know, being a fighter versus a, a, a soldier. Um, those are, those are very different. And completely agree. I mean, uh, I generally split martial arts into three main categories, which is health, fighting and performance. Mm -hmm. I think at some point in our martial art careers, we'll do all three at some point, you know, sure. it's, um, um, some of us make a living from doing one or the other or even more of them. Um, mm -hmm. So you get UFC fighters like Gina Carano, mm -hmm. who are, who've just gone into, you know, well, she's been in film for a while now, but um, sure. Kung Lee, who, you know, who's in films and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, you, you know, I find, because uh, I've worked with fighters before uh, for films, and when I'm the one choreographing, or if I'm the, you know, if I'm the one that's fighting, it worries the heck out of me sometimes because they're distancing. You know, it's like when they throw a jab, they get in, they get in close, they commit with it. Right. And of course, for choreography, you need that safe distance. You need the uh, timing as well. Right. So it's like um, I have found that you need to make that mental adjustment. You know, it's like when I first got into films 11 years ago, uh, we were training to be in synchronized, you know, just be in sync with one another, you know, mm -hmm. and synergize and, mm -hmm. and everything. And so um, we weren't hurting each other. It just looked like we were going at it. Um, I, I, I will tell you, though, uh, my sparring suffered. It really yeah. suffered. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's because um, uh, I would be on set five days of the week. And then uh, on the Saturdays, I would have my sparring class. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was really good at not hitting people. But, you know, throwing really nice techniques um, that was slightly out of range. Mm -hmm. but And you could see it was slightly out of range from one angle. If you look at it from a different angle, it looked like I was really close. Right. So um, it's just tweaking that, you know what I mean? It's, um, mm -hmm. I think it's being able to adjust yourself um, and being flexible and versatile. And with if you have a martial arts background, um, it's, you know, if you're trained to go in for the kill, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's now pretending that you are and not actually doing it, but still looking convincing. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> that's an adjustment for sure. Though, uh, I mean, when you see the old school Kung Fu films where um, everything is, ha, 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 mm -hmm. you know, it's <laughs> at the time, it's like really fascinating to watch. I think now when you compare it to modern day action films the pacing is different the mm -hmm. storytelling is different um and you know i think it's a bit quicker now um sure. especially with the cameras that they have now and everything but mm -hmm. um i think these days they they try to make it more make it look more doable like have you seen extraction no i've not seen that one i'll write it down though oh it's fantastic it, it is fantastic um it's got Chris Hemsworth, uh, the guy who played Thor, and yep. uh, just phenomenal. You know, there, there, sure. there's some really neat moves in that. Obviously, it's like, um, you know, and I say to I say this to a lot of hardcore martial artists, you know, hey, you know, that would work if you chose to do it at the right time, if the right. conditions were, were right for you to do that. You know, mm -hmm. it's because, um, you know, when I watch films, martial art films with other martial artists, you know, they'll be like, yeah, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. Like, yeah. One, it's a film. And two, uh, it is, you know, that technique would work if you, if you uh, 
chose the right time to deploy it if those conditions were favorable for that particular technique. You right. just have to be the best judge of when to do it. Exactly. So, um, and uh, I think uh, that's that's the thing with um, a lot of martial artists. Sometimes they'll put themselves in that position. Well, I wouldn't do that because of such and such. Right. Uh, and you know, I think um, when we watch films, we need to suspend our disbelief. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, to yeah. realize too, you're, what you're watching is entertainment. You're yes. you're not watching you know, a real fight to analyze how it goes, you're watching something that's meant to be, that's crafted to be dramatic and pleasing to the eye. And I Absolutely. think when you talked about that, that Kung Fu, you know, the ha 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 thing. Mm. And I I seem to recall Bruce Lee mentioning this, but I, it was so long ago that I can't even really paraphrase. But I think what he said was, you, in order for the camera to, to see and for the viewer to be shown something that will entertain him, it's got to be clear and crisp and it's yes. got to be apparent. Um, and in the same way, you know, boxing was affected uh, with by the gloves because headshots became more popular. They were dramatic. They were exciting to watch. Yes. Uh, the big shots were happening. The audience could see it. Older pugilism and bare knuckle boxing was not as exciting to watch. Mm. And therefore it wasn't, you know, it's coming back now, but, yeah. but it's not the same, you know, huge. Everybody wants big shots. They want to see them. They want to mm. see the dramatic effect. Um, and I think the movies are affected the same way. If you have something that's so fast, and I wanted to bridge this into the, the topic of speed because speed is so compelling to the eye. I think this is one of the reasons that Bruce Lee was so popular because he just, uh, you know, with, with Enter the Dragon, he was so fast and it was just breathtaking. And, and everybody, I think, was that's the first thing they saw with how quick he was because. Um, you know, and, and the, the, that speed that they saw was, I mean, he was have a, a phenom period. I mean, if a physical, uh, he could do what other people just could not. And I, I even read that he had to actually slow down so that the camera could see what he was doing because he was so fast. But the idea that that speed it, is captivating. And I mean, he's not the only one. I mean, I remember what Jeff Speakman, he was incredibly fast hands. He came along in, I think, the 80s. Yes. Um, that, that speed is not only with the artist, but I think as film came along, film scenes started to accelerate and, and get yes. faster. Um, in fact, so fast now that you can't even really see what's happening. And I remember with, I want to say it was Batman Begins. Hmm. I remember reading when that movie was in pre-production that the fight choreographer, I guess, brought a very innovative comp, uh, combination of arts together for what batman would have used in his combat and i what i understand it used a lot of forearms because you know batman's got those forearm yeah. armor with the little things on it and, and i was so intrigued to see that movie as I, I can't wait to see what, what did they come up with this is something new and then i saw the movie and the fight scenes were all in the dark of course everybody's wearing black and all you see were swishes back and forth. You couldn't make out the figures, the positions, like it was, but your imagination filled in what you couldn't see, which I think made those action sequences very powerful. Absolutely. You, there, it was, you really couldn't see much uh, for most of those action sequences, but they were fast and the, the sound made it sound faster, the whooshing and the, the quick pans with the camera and, and things like that. So it really drew you to the, the speed. It, it, it created that illusion of they're going super fast, even though I've always viewed Batman as being, you know, really big guy, 
probably didn't move very fast. You know, he's carrying a lot of equipment. He's got a tape on, you know, so, but he's going to be solid. If you, if he hits you, it's going to lay you out or, or, you know, and, and he's going to be hard to hit or, or do damage to, which I was kind of expecting to see that part. Like how did he integrate the armor into his fighting? Cool. Things like that. But, you know, and of course I love the movie. Uh, but I, I was a little let down in the fact of, you know, if they really did that much crafting to make, you know, Batman's martial art, I like really want to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, I mean, that, that, that's the thing with um, story, storytelling. So you have, um, I find that, you know, if you have a character like Batman um, and you build on that, as soon as you care about a character in the film, as soon as he throws a punch, you feel that. As soon as he takes a punch uh, or takes a hit, you as the audience, you will feel that more mm-hmm. because you care about this character. You have some kind of emotional attachment to this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, um, when you've got the post-production where they've got the, the, the special effects, the, the sound mm-hmm. and the sounds, my goodness, you know, it's... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think with uh, when you have the someone like Batman, I mean, there is shot in the dark, which is a shame because you want to see everything. And, right, right. Um, I think there's, it's only in... Dark Knight Rises on the third one, where you actually see him fighting in the day, right? Um, at, toward the end, and it's um, yeah. I mean, you see him do a bit more things, but I, I think with, I mean, Batman's meant to be, uh, you know, from the League of Shadows, he's more or less a ninja, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like the ultimate ninja. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, it's yeah. And I think when when I see, um, because I go to universities and and help to coach students on choreography Mm -hmm. and you know some of them always want some crazy fight scene i said yeah but does that fit in with the character that you're you're Mm -hmm. writing um and for the most part it's like if it's a secret agent why is he doing a why is he doing like a gymnastics somersault or something like that it's uh, i mean if you're black widow um it makes sense because you you know you've got the tight outfit on you've got the you just got these sleek takedowns, you know, it's like the double leg takedown around the neck. You do a somersault, they fall to the ground, you roll back onto your feet, and it all looks so cool. Um, but if someone, if it's someone like James Bond, for instance, you know, it, his movements still need to be in character, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I well, think- and, and this brings up another uh, entertainment mm-hmm. thing, which is, and boxing went through the same thing. You, if you're going to entertain a crowd, you don't want to fight over in three seconds, like that doesn't. And same thing in a movie, uh, or you know, or, or show business. You don't want your violence done so quickly that people don't even get a chance to savor it. Um, and I would say one of the one of the the series that I see I saw that did this fantastic was uh, Daredevil. If you saw that Ooh. series, they have got some I think elite level fight scenes in that series. And the oh. two that I that come to mind are the stairwell uh scene (laughs) and i mean these things go on for a minute and a half two minutes or or more i mean it's and then there's a hallway scene where doors are coming in and there's you know russians everywhere and but but i agree with you that there the idea that if you to transpose this into your own self of a a real violent situation you don't want a two-minute fight going on you know absolutely like that's the last thing you want you want this thing over in a few seconds or or you know less than 10 seconds which translates to what we see from uh studies of real fight encounters and how long they often last most are less than seven to ten seconds yeah you know uh, you know even larger are less than 15 seconds and they rarely go 
30 seconds a minute or, or longer than that. Um, and I think as, as people understand the difference between violence for entertainment and violence in reality, there's two distinct, very distinct differences. It's true. And it's like, um, I can't imagine, I, I mean, it's like when you've got, say, um, if you have a situation like a bar fight in a, in a film, mm -hmm. and a bar fight in real life, my goodness, are they different? You know, it's oh, yeah. apples and oranges, and it's um, like real fighting is is ugly, and it, it, it is ugly, and you know, and pure it's, chaos. Um, it is absolutely. I mean, any time that I've ever been in a real life situation, I've had to make sure that I'm okay first. You know, I need to make sure that I keep myself nice and cool. It's like. Um, I can only donate money if I have money. I can only give myself if I first have myself. Right. So it's, um, and of course in films, you know, you, you take out one guy whilst the guy behind you is politely waiting for his cue. Right. As soon as you turn around, that's when he comes to. So it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of timing and everything. In real life, it's completely different, obviously. Sure. And it's, um, I think, uh, like for instance, Michael Jai White, uh, mm -hmm. who is, you know, fantastic. Phenomenal, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got the physical athleticism, the size, the strength, the the, the fighting capabilities. Uh, I'm certain that, you know, how he how he fights in films is very different to how he'd do a real fight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and the same would be for the rest of us. It's like mm -hmm. if, for instance, um, I'm the choreographer for a film and I need to write you a part. I need to I need to choreograph something for you. Mm -hmm. Then you know, I would add a few things here and there, you know, Aikido, a bit of jujitsu, this mm -hmm. and that. Of course, you know, th those are sequences that someone else came up with for you to play the part of, you mm -hmm. know. Let's say we put you in a real life situation, you do something completely different, you know. It, it, oh, yeah. it, it is completely different. It's um, like, uh, you might still be on camera in a real life situation just because kids nowadays film everything. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, you know, it's, I'm grateful that any situation that I was ever in when I was younger, that was really before the time of camera phones. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, yeah. now you can't get away with anything. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a camera around every corner. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think when you've got, say, um, legitimate martial artists who are in films, Mm -hmm. um, and you see how they pull off those movements, mm -hmm. you know, with their own experience, with their own, you know, I, that's a pleasure to watch. That's oh, a, it is. a pleasure to watch. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I know Steven Seagal gets a bad rep and everything, but um, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, I love his takedowns. I, I love some Oh, of yeah. Stuff. You know, it's, um, I, I think I, I like his earlier stuff mm -hmm. as opposed to his newer stuff, for sure. sure. You know, right. it's, and even with uh, like that knife fight scene he does with Tommy Lee Jones, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I love it. You know, I, yeah. for me, it was Tommy Lee Jones who made that. You know, he's not sure. a martial artist, but yeah, my yeah. goodness, you know, if you're a good enough actor to be to look convincing, like wow, you know, you know yeah, exactly. And that was a great sequence. I mean, I think Aikido probably is the best martial art that looks dramatic on a silver screen because you mm -hmm. get somebody getting chucked head over over feet. And I think that's why when the original Seagal movies came out, they were such a refreshing change of pace from the punch festivals that that tended to be and kicking that that tended to be popular at the time. And I think that's why he hit in Hollywood so yeah. big because it was like nobody'd seen anything like that. And um, but 
you know, when you bring up a knife fight, one of the ones I think is probably the best, if you want to look at what a real knife fight probably looked like, was the apartment scene in Saving Private Ryan. Ooh. That, I, I, I want to go take a shower every time I see that scene. Like, I know it's coming and it's, I know it's, brut it's rough, but, and it didn't look pretty. It was sloppy and horrifying. Like, to yeah. me, that's pr probably what a real knife fight looks like versus one that was eye candy for a great dramatic sequence and um you know it's i know it's on youtube you know people can look it up but you know and knives i know are a big topic within the martial art martial arts and 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 i think it's one of those things that need to be clarified of you know if there, you're going to have a, a illusion about martial arts do it with anything except a knife or a weapon like don't start to think that entertainment arts look this are going to be the same as an actual fight but with a deadly weapon like it's just it, it's not gonna couldn't agree more you, you're absolutely right it's like um i've been slashed never stabbed touch wood um and it, it even if it's a shallow cut it doesn't stop me you know it, it doesn't and it's um you need to have that mental preparation as well and it's like mm -hmm. um there's um it and it is ugly it's very ugly and yeah. you've got um terrifying yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. It's like um, if it's hand to hand, um, I'm confident. I'm very confident. Mm -hmm. As soon as someone pulls something out, boy, do I have to switch on. You know, it, right. it, it changes the game completely. Mm -hmm. Just because um, it doesn't matter how good you are anymore. It doesn't matter how good you know because any fool can, can do something with yeah. you know. And and it's uh, of course films do glorify that. You know, it's. Sure. Do, where you get the guy who uh, rushes in, uh, right? <laughs> and gives <laughs> yep. you plenty of time to, oh, you know, it's it's if only, you know, if, it, right. but if only it was that simple. But then, you know, you've got because uh, you know in real life you've got the guys who don't know how to use it, but they can still cause irrevocable amounts of damage. Right. Then you got the guys who know how to use it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like chances are you'll never see it coming. And that's or, a whole new level of terrifying. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, and I think uh, when you see, um, there's a film called The Hunted with Tommy Lee Jones, Benicio del Toro. Mm -hmm. I think uh, he's like a. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, uh, no, I haven't. It's so for those who haven't seen it, it is a um, Tommy Lee Jones is like a contractor for a like special forces unit, mm -hmm. and Benicio del Toro is one of the elite Marines. But then he has extreme PTSD. So when he comes back from times of war, he can't switch it off. So he ends up, you know, um, he continues the fight and then no one can stop him. But then Tommy Lee Jones, being the instructor, has to go and face him and hunt, track him down and everything. Mm -hmm. it, it's quite the watch. Um, it is very brutal. Um, and again, for these two guys who are not martial artists, to be able to pull off those movements is, is phenomenal. Sure. Um, and you get, uh, the only thing I will say is, um, you know, in the end fight scene, they both sustain a lot of damage. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> one of those cuts and you're done really. But <laughs> Right. Well, and that's part of the drama is, you know, the good guy gets, gets that, what you think is a critical hit and he's going to be done, but he keeps yeah. fighting because his will is so strong. I mean, that's part of the dramatic storytelling. Absolutely. And you know, the, the reality is a whole lot different, you know, with, with that, you know, could possibly fatal cut or stab, Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, and it's... that's, if anything, I think, and I've had this effect 
me, I've had people come into my dojo and say, well, you know, I'm looking to take up martial art training. Will you train me to, to deal with a knife attack or to deal with knives? And it's tough to answer that question because yeah, I need to know what their expectation is. Did they just watch a movie like that, that had, you know, the, the, the good guy deftly handling a knife attacker and, and, and stripping the knife from him and, and making it look like he was, you know, super casual about it and effective. Mm. And it was like, if that's what you're envisioning knife defense looking like, then no, that I'm not, I can't train you to do that. That's not reality. You know, there is real, there is realistic knife training, but it looks nothing like that. Um, and that's something managing a, a potential student's expectations is a huge thing for a, an instructor. Um, Absolutely. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think with, um, with what I've had to do, it's like, if people want to do knife defense and everything, you do have to manage those expectations. Absolutely. It's like having some training is better than none, obviously. Mm -hmm. um but at the same time it's like um i did a knife defense video uh, with my friend master wong mm -hmm. and it, you know obviously it's like it is a demonstration but it's also i did what felt right at the time mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like that one technique that you do that seemed to work that one time will never work again unless the conditions are exactly the same you know right the guys held you in the same position. I mean, if he's coming at you, then it's, it's a completely different story. Yeah. And you know, you get those, um, those cool knives where it, well, it's like a little rod. As soon as you hit someone, it bleeps. So it, okay, simulates, yep. Yep. it simulates where you would have been cut. So <laughs> I played around with those before. And honestly, it's like, as good as you think you might be, okay, mm -hmm boy is that a humbling experience you're like well oh, it is yeah he would have got me here here here, here. so it's um it's unrealistic to to be unscathed from such an attack and um if you are unscathed then hey you know you got lucky you know yeah. you got very lucky but i You'd think be in the minority is, yeah it is, it is a minority and certainly it's like uh when i used to do security or you know when i used to uh, grow up in when I, when I grew up in a less than reputable area, um, people did have those types of objects, you know, syringes, mm -hmm. screwdrivers, uh, box cutters, and other types of, you know, blades, which were not nice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, you know, if you were l lucky enough to, to spot it quickly and intervene or get out of there hey, that was a good day. But as soon as someone's pulled it out and started to do, and then, you know, I know say, oh, well, you know, when you watch Jackie Chan films and everything, you know, he looks around, he's very resourceful and everything. You know, there's some merit to that for sure. You mm -hmm. know, I think there is some merit to using the your surroundings. You know, if there happens to be a, a crowbar lying on a floor, <laughs> <laughs> oh, improvised weapons are huge. As soon as a weapon comes into play, like you got to get something bigger. <laughs> That's right. Definitely yeah. a true part of it. And that'll be part of the dramatic uh, scenery too, if they choreograph that into, into the film. Um, I do think that, that these presentations draw a huge crowd. And I think that back to our original point, the first one is when you see that type of thing and you want to be that, you know, that's, it's always going to draw students. It's going to be, you know, they're going to want that 
what they saw on the screen. Um, I think that movie choreography, I wonder if it's changing in the fact that you don't see much of single art um, presentations more. Now they're fusions of different arts all together. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and John Wick is, oh, a, sure. is an example of that. And in the Mission Impossible series, the James Bonds, you know, they're all kind of a, a mishmash. I kind of wonder what it's going into the future, you know, of, of whether or not, you know, movies really aren't being a commercial for a single martial art anymore. I think that era is, is passed. I think if it's a, um, you've got films like If Man, for instance, which mm -hmm. are, you know, I mean, you do get films which are dedicated to that. Um, so you get, say, like If Man, for instance, is mostly showcasing Wing Chun, Wing Chun against other styles and everything. So in the East, for sure, that's, that's more of a thing. I think for Western films, for Hollywood films, I think they just use, for the most part, they'll use techniques that work best in that particular situation. It sure. doesn't matter what style it came from, you know. It's, yeah. uh, and I think with Ip Man, because I had a friend say to me, I mean, quite a young lad um, who's just getting into martial arts and saying, well, you know, I just watched Ip Man. I want to be as tough as him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, Ip Man was a real person, but I'm not too... I don't think the portrayal of him in all four films was necessarily accurate and a sure. representation of him as a person. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the first Ip Man film, he doesn't take too many hits at all. You know, he's a god amongst men. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And I think when you have, um, you need to have realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, and, but that's, so, you know, people have said to me, yeah, but you know, when you do these fight scenes with people and everything with Dwayne Johnson, um, we all know you could take him in a real fight. You know, why do you, why do you always die in films? And my answer to them is, is, is simply that my self-esteem isn't tied to the guy I'm playing, the character that I'm playing. You know? <laughs> right, right. I'm there to do a job. Okay. Mm -hmm. If the job is for me to get shot in the head or thrown over a table, get slammed to the ground, so be it. It does not affect me as a martial artist, you know, as, as my abilities as a martial artist. Um, so I think when you see some of these huge actors who have in their contract, that they're, they're not supposed to take too many punches, mm -hmm. for instance. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, if, if I got the call to do um, Expendables, for instance, and I get taken out very quickly, hey, man, I got took out by an Expendable. Hey, I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> exactly well and you, you got you got a, a working job like that's an actor it's they yes. want to be in a working job they want to work on pr high prestige films you know the, the role they play you know and that's having met actors personally it's a whole different perspective when you are part of the presentation of making that story come to life yes whether it's you know playing a role that you know i, I think um whether a role that you don't like Mm. Uh, and I, as I understand it, Leonardo DiCaprio had a real, had real trouble playing a Southern plantation owner, you know, because of his own personal morality. And he yes, was told by a fellow actor, like, listen, you are an actor. You're just playing a role. This yes. is not who you are personally. It's not what you believe in, but you are, you are portraying some, you know, a, another person. So kind of get over it and you're getting paid. So, you know, <laughs> suck it up. And I mean, like uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in that film. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly you know um and and actors it's one of the things that that i found kind of charming about actors is they can separate themselves from the role they're playing and 
shamelessly. Like it's a, the, it, and I think that it's a protection mechanism because if you play certain characters that can be haunting or that can be, you know, against your own beliefs or whatever, you have to have a detachment from that. You can't say that that's me, even though you, for the, for a short period of time, you turn yourself into that. Yes. And I think Val Kilmer did, uh, did that with when he played Jim Morrison in the doors, he, he went through that. He tried to basically turn himself into the unstable mental character that was Jim Morrison. Mm. Um, as I, what they call it method acting, I believe is yes. when you, yes. when you try to turn yourself into that, but you don't stay that way. You detach no, once you're no, done no. with the role, you have to detach yourself out of it. Absolutely. Um, and it's, I, I think it's having being able to detach is, is essential, you know. And I think um, when you get, say, Marines who who can't switch off, for instance, that's I think that's a legitimate um, issue that that right. needs to be addressed for sure. Mm-hmm. For actors, you know, I mean, it's I think it's different, you know. I, I, sure. I think you you have to you just have to be able to detach, and it's uh, with. Um, when you see, uh, for instance, I, I like seeing the the lead character taking a beating. I love that, right. you know, right. it's, because it seems a bit more relatable. Like um, in Ip Man 2, and even in the third one, uh, I haven't seen the fourth one yet, um, Donnie Yen's character, Ip Man, takes more of a beating than he does in the first one. Sure. And I think that makes it so much more relatable, you know? I, I, I love that because it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's... I think it's unrealistic to not take take a bit of a beating anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of the, the drama is yeah. you know the good guy is facing a severe uphill battle, so some real uh, you know impediments. Like he's yes. you know, and I think that's what made the original Rocky so powerful was he just gets you know beaten to a pulp but keeps going, and that was a big Absolutely. part of the story. Um, I mean, of course, and from a reality standpoint, once you're starting to be beaten. And the momentum shifted against you. Shifting it back is very difficult. Oh my god! Sorry, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, um, I'm just trying to think of how many punches I've seen Steven Seagal take to the face. You know, there's, right. it's not many. It's not many at all. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> but he's a huge dude as well. You know. Yeah, he's like he's big. Five. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. But I, th- I think. But you're right with the, with Rocky. My goodness, it's. And I love that with the dr- dramatic, how dramatic it is. You feel every single punch. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, and yeah. and you, you look at how many real boxing fights have you ever seen anything like that, where you see a boxer just getting smacked and hit around and his face turned into pulp and he, you know, again and again and again and come back and actually survive to go to the, you know, 10th round or whatever, or even win, you know, because I know in the original Rocky movie, he didn't actually win. He just went the distance, which yeah. was what he was not predicted to do, which is the dramatic part. Um, I love that. I, I really yeah. love that he didn't win. You know, it's yeah. um, and then you've got the rematch, and then you've got ah, right, right, all that good stuff. Yep. You, you um, know and, that storytelling at its finest. I, I yeah, and, yeah. And from you know, from what I hear, when the when the Rocky movies happened, there was a surge of people that wanted to take up boxing, mm. and this is, oh, I guess, shit. the next topic is going to be that the surge that happens when. A pre, uh, you know, a powerful story gets told and people are like, I want, you know, I want to live that, you know, I remember what was in, in Eddie Murphy raw that he did that bit about how, you know, these Italians would go see Rocky and they'd come out and they'd be all puffed up like they're Mr. <laughs> Tough guy. And, and there's certainly that factor of you feel a bit of the power of that character because you connected to it. 
even though you have no skill whatsoever, you've got nothing to back it up at all. And that's kind of the dangerous part, right? And, and you know, I, I read something many years ago from a psychological uh, uh, source of, on psychology, and it said that the brain, when it sees something, it doesn't know whether it's true or not. It can't mm. really discern it. When you see something on a screen and it looks plausible, your brain will say, well, that's like seeing it live, which means you, you just witnessed that. It must yeah. work that way. And of course, you know, watching like Bugs Bunny cartoons, that does not apply. But when you see real people doing yes. a, a, a plausible fight scene, your brain kind of in the back of it, it goes, all right, well, that's, that's what, that's reality. Um, even though your forebrain can go, well, I get that it's actors yeah. and it's, yeah, it's probably scripted and all that stuff, but it's that lizard brain in the back that says, I right. saw this so, and it could work. So, uh, so that, that's, a, that's a dangerous thing with expectations of what martial arts can do. Um, you're absolutely right and I think with following on from that it's um, if I were to say describe eating a lemon to you you know you mm -hmm. bite into the lemon and you feel all the juices in your mouth I'm already tearing up now you know just yeah yeah talking. exactly so our brains don't really know what's real and what's not so it's like um, I don't think so you know from a more holistic health point of view I always think it's important to, to be careful with what we feed ourselves and, what, and how we think um, mm -hmm. so it's like uh you know, that's why I think virtual reality is a good tool. Um, and I, I think when you have, um, there was a study that was done when you had these uh, Olympic athletes lying, you know, lying down. They had these sophisticated, uh, you know, machinery hooked up to them. They had to visualize running A to B. And, you know, they didn't move. But they found that um, what they found was when they ran the race from A to B in their heads, every muscle involved with that run activated. So okay. there is all kinds of, uh, there is all kinds of um, research to prove that um, visualization is very important, you know, it's very valid. It's like when I used to train the Saudi Taekwondo guys, uh, what I would do, what I would be do, what I would be doing would be, um, as my role as a psychologist would be say, look, okay, um, you know, how you train is one way, but as soon as you walk onto the mats to face this other guy, you you know, you feel another way. So, you know, you've got an audience watching you. So, you know, put some headphones on, okay, listen to crowd noises, okay, mm -hmm. emulate the whole experience, right? right? And then you're acclimatizing yourself to that, those conditions already, you know, it's, so that helps them to, to get used to that kind of environment. Sure. And I think, um, having that kind of visualization, my goodness, you know, it's so, so powerful. And um, I think if you do, I, I think the baseball um, leagues in the US, they, they implemented uh, virtual reality to, to mm -hmm. its athletes. They found that after maybe a two, I think it was two or three weeks, their decision-making increased by 30%, wow. uh, which is, which is phenomenal. You know, I it think, is, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm still working on a VR project here. It's it's slow and I need funding, but, uh, <laughs> sure. but but back to what you were saying, I think I have come out of every single martial arts film that I've ever watched or every single fighting that I've ever watched. As soon as I walk out, my skill level suddenly increased dramatically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so suddenly I'm like, 
oh, you know, I could take on the world and everything. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that's over here. I don't know what it's like over there, but one of the most popular entertainment things over here is professional wrestling. Yes. And there was, uh, I mean, the crowds are huge. It's, it's really a, a phenomenon. And you see more and more videos of kids that are in their backyard and they're doing flying suplexes on their brother or, you know, throwing them on a table or hitting them with a chair, all the stuff that they see in there. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that's has a lot to do with it. They see this, these things and they say, Oh, I can do that. And they go out and, you know, their mother has a heart attack and they look out <laughs> the back, back window and see what their kids are doing. Uh, but it, it makes me wonder, there aren't any wrestling schools that pop up because the popularity of these crowds watching wrestling and wanting to say, I want to go be a wrestler. Whereas karate schools or, or, you know, other martial arts schools are, do get that wave of popularity when they see these things in action. Um, and to me, I, I do have a great deal of respect for professional wrestlers as athletes. They are, I think, second to none. And what they do is absolutely incredible, uh, regardless of whether or not the drama has been scripted. And I don't blame them for having scripted drama no, because cool. that is what creates the audience attraction, the draw. And, you know, this goes back into the, into the fifties. And, mm. um, you know, a lot of, uh, I actually heard a friend of mine is, is big in, uh, not only a martial artist, but a historian. And I asked him one day, I said, how in the world did professional wrestling ever evolve into an entertainment? And, you know, he, he told me, he said, back in the, you know, back in the day in the mid 20th century, when you had traveling circuses and they had usually a strongman or a wrestler. And one of the attractions was, you know, you're a big farm dude, you know, young guy, you know, throw hay bales all day long. You think you got something and the strong man will say, Hey, come and wrestle me for a nickel. And if you, if you win, you know, here's your prize, you get, you know, a dollar or something like that. But if I win, I get, I keep, I keep your money. Yeah. And he, you know, these wrestlers every night would wrestle a line of these huge farm boys. And the bigger they are, the more they think they, Oh yeah, I can take this guy. I'm as big as he is or whatever. And so what would happen, these circus, these traveling circuses would get their kind of their champion, their wrestler guy. And when they would meet, usually in private, they'd say, all right, let's wrestle. Because, you know, martial artists want to do their thing. It, you know, wrestlers want to wrestle, boxers want to want to box. If they get yeah. another boxer, it's like, hey, let's play. Mm -hmm. And so they would do a match and they'd figure out who the winner was. Well, nobody would see it. So what they would do to attract the crowd is they'd say, let's go recreate this for the crowd. So they'd recreate who the kind of how the match went and they would recreate who won and they would just do this show repeatedly. So they were being actors. They turned themselves from wrestlers into actors to present the, to a crowd. And then it, it sort of grew from there, you know, uh, into what we now know, you know, of course it, it evolved like, like crazy, um, you know, into, into the presentation that was professional wrestling. Um, I thought that was an interesting story because, uh, you know, where did this stuff come from? Where did, where were the origins? You know, it's mm. always a more interesting story than you think it was. It didn't just pop Absolutely. out of nowhere. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, you know, oh. but, but it also answers to me the question of, well, why, why does it seem to be scripted? Cause even as a, even as a kid, I could tell like, this doesn't look exactly like two people that are absolutely trying to dominate one another. There's something, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But you can tell a little bit of hesitation here, a little bit of letting this thing happen there. 
you know, it's still entertaining. You, you, you don't, you know, completely yeah. throw cold water on it, but you also know in the backyard, like, okay, there's something a little odd here. It, it's true. I mean, it's like when, when you've got someone like Brock Lesnar and everything, who, um, who was a college wrestler. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently he was a very good one as well. Very so. successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. And then uh, got into MMA. And then you've got someone like uh, Dave Batista. Uh, who has a background in, in Filipino martial arts. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, some, some of the stuff I've seen him do, he's phenomenal. He's really, really oh, yeah. good. And mm-hmm. I think he did a cage fight as well, um, which, which I believe he won. Mm-hmm. Um, though, yeah, you, you know, it's, I think a lot of those professional wrestlers, they can probably handle themselves pretty well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the raw physicality is, is not to be uh, underestimated. You know, mm, if you take absolutely. people that had no training and you had one that, that was 80 pounds of muscle above the other one, chances are the bigger guy's going to get it or the one who's got more training. Even you take somebody like a, a semi-pro soccer player who mm. faces somebody who is just an average person without any tra- martial art training, I'm going to mm. give it to the soccer player because yeah. that physicality is a factor. Absolutely. I, th- I think athleticism and, and the physicality and everything and, and just knowing the body, you know. Right. It's, it's like you've got the uh, UFC fighter, George St. Pierre, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, he he does a lot of gymnastics. Yeah. And as a gymnast, I think being, being a gymnast uh, or gymnastics certainly allows you to, uh, makes you more of a well-rounded athlete. Yeah. You know, it's, so, you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, some of my friends were gymnasts and they seemed to be good at everything annoyingly yeah they were good at every single sport and they were and you know they were so physically core you know their core was so strong as well mm-hmm. and it's like oh man that's amazing you know yeah you know another another field is because gymnasts are, are i think very underrated for yes. their ability to pick th- physical things up like that and it's you call it a, you could call it a body discipline or awareness of your body yes you know one of the speaking of which another one is dancers i think dancers are highly underrated for the their their athletes definitely um and of course it depends on the style of dancing but generally dancers have got a lot more physicality than you give him credit for. In fact, I, as I understand it, Conor McGregor was a dancer mm. uh, before he's picked up, before he got into martial arts. And one that I remember spotting back in the day was Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was just thinking that. <laughs> and I remember seeing Bloodsport and remember that mm. spinning kick that he did. As soon as that other leg went straight out the other direction, I said, that's a dancer. Yeah. He is comes from a dancer because no martial artist kicks with both legs out like that. They'll tuck the other one in when they do that spinning kick. And I, you know, I, of course at the time there wasn't the internet and, and whatnot, but I went to kind of sniff around like, am I right? Was he a dancer? And he kind of, or he or his publicist or whoever kind of tried to obscure his background, but like 15, 20 years later, it came out. Sure enough, yeah. he has a dancing background. And I'm like, I knew it. I, <laughs> you could spot that, but the physicality was, I mean, un- unmistakable, like you could not, there's nothing about him that you could pick on for a lack of, you know, physical capability. He was True. really phenomenal. Um, Cause you've got um, like, a, I, I did a ballet class mm-hmm. once. Okay. Once. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. <laughs> it was no joke. Like uh, I, 
I mean, I've always been flexible. I can do the splits. I can do this. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, my, my flexibility did not prepare me for sure. what was to come. And, mm-hmm. you know, my calves have never ate so much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I think the next day, I, I ate for weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and I think with uh, the thing with John, John Claude Van Damme, I mean, like, he had the flexibility of, uh, of being a dancer. And you see, the the control he has with his with his kicks even now you know it's oh it's, it's a severe uh, level of body discipline oh it's fantastic and yeah. it's like uh, I went through a phase uh, which I'm not ashamed to admit online where uh, I watched a show called Dance Moms which okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar just with a that reality one. show about these kids mm-hmm. uh, who who are who do competitive dance competitions. And you get get to see all the drama with the mothers and everything. It's it, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's very well edited. Sure. Um, I I thought it was trash to begin with, and then the next day I found myself watching it again. I thought, Oof. but then you know you appreciate the art form so much of dance, and it's like um, when I used to do dance classes, I struggled because for me as a martial artist, every move I do requires a purpose there's a reason why i'm doing this particular move at this mm-hmm. time so i'm sidestepping this way i'm doing this and i was saying the instructor why am i doing this and she would get frustrated at me because she says well you know this you don't need a reason you know this is just what feels right this is right. so i found watching people dance doing dance myself um i need to transcend that barrier that i didn't there didn't need to be a reason for it you just had to feel right you know right and i think that's helped me with my martial arts in that okay you know this is free flow you know it's like uh and i think as martial artists okay yeah but why are you doing this technique right. you know why does this have to be here you know you know what i mean and you start there's not a lot of strategy to dance whereas there is with to to fight it yes. yes absolutely absolutely there is and I, I i think it's so important that we are able to free ourselves from that you know it's like when we're doing uh, I did some salsa dancing and everything some of the transitions when mm-hmm. you're going underneath someone's arm and you're spinning around I thought that looks great but why you know and <laughs> once right. I got over that once I got over that you know, it took a little while for me to adjust it's like oh okay actually this feels great because all I had to do is switch this off you know mm-hmm. and um, sure. and be less resistant you know because the instructor used to say you're so tense I said I know <laughs> Yeah. And you think to yourself, if I was teaching a student, I'd probably be telling them the same thing. You got to relax. You know, it's it's not easy going into a new realm and and relaxing. It, mm. It's very very difficult. Um, yeah, exactly. So true. And you know, it's I I prefer, I prefer watching it to doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Just because when uh, on on the show on, on Dance Moms, you know, you know, you've got these girls who are so incredibly gifted you know they're so the timing is perfect their flexibility you know some of the jumps they're doing mm-hmm. oh my goodness it, it's just incredible to watch and um and when you watch like a gymnastics floor routine it's like mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. <laughs> and you know sometimes um you know and back to films though it's like sometimes if i'm like no 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 that that technique's wrong that and, and I'm saying that from sat in the couch, you know, I'm sat mm-hmm. on the couch, you know, saying, nah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, I, I wonder, cause what we're kind of talking about is the wave of people that come in with their interest, having seen a movie 
Yes. And I think that that actually affects the martial art. If there are enough people, it can affect it in the fact that if an instructor or the art itself or, you know, represented by instructors want to fulfill the expectation of these, this wave of people that come in, they'll change the art in order to fulfill that. And yeah. I think that if there was a curse uh, to the popularity of martial arts coming through movies and TV shows and entertainment, that could be a big one, along with the other one, which is having instructors that aren't quite qualified want to fill the demand of the people that yes. want to get trained in it and they start coming in and then you know the watering down that happens and i think that's probably the the big one but you're absolutely spot on the money you know right on the money there you know it's it's like um I, i'm sure you've had it before you know so oh this is my friend tristan he, you know he, he does a lot of martial arts and then someone says cool show me something right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely show, show me a jump split kick or uh, right. give me a jump split somersault kick you're like oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah because you know I, I do, do something play. amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to see something amazing exactly yeah it's like um, you know what, what, you know someone i met someone who said oh yeah you know uh you do martial arts I'm like, yeah i do he's oh well uh, you know i've just finished playing uh you know tekken or street fighter or, or soul caliber you know can you do any of that stuff i'm like ah <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and there's no upside either because right. if, if you can do it they kind of expect it. oh that's pretty cool yeah because the character i play can do that as well do it. Mm -hmm. and if you can't do it well you know right and, and, yeah, if, and if you managed to do it and yeah. you, you didn't land the jump you just look silly it's <laughs> exactly you're standing there with somebody and they're expecting to see the you know a john wick deal you know because yeah. that's that's the the measure and i think that this is partially a curse i guess the, a third curse would be as people watch videos on youtube and they watch not only movies but demonstrations and stuff and they get set in their head like they want this level of spectacular yeah and if that's the expectation for what they want of their own training or what they want of their instructor or their art they're going to be kind of let down and and yes. to me that's i think that that's an expectation that we instructors will have a hard time managing to say, I'm sorry, but the, the thing that you're expecting, I can't deliver. In fact, yes. I had an incident a couple of years ago, a woman came in with her daughter who was 17, 18 years old, and she was getting ready to go to college. And this, this mother came in and said, you know, I, I want you to train my daughter in self-defense and, and I want you to train her to deal with somebody who's attacking with a knife and attacking with a gun. And she's leaving for college in six weeks. And oh, by the way, she's very busy and can maybe do one class a week. And I, I just had to tell her like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, I can, in that time, I can give her just a little bit, but what you're wanting is takes years of dedicated training to get, you know, and, and even then it's, you know, you're talking about knives and guns that's in, in your impossible zone. And, uh, but you know, the, that expectation was there and yeah. I, I'm glad sure. that she was right up front with it, that that's what she wanted. And I could just tell her, I'm sorry, but that's just, yeah. Not you absolutely have to manage those expectations. It's like um, you, you hear it where someone took their first karate class, for instance, and then get into a fight and get their ass handed to them. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, so like, yeah, well, you know, karate is useless. Right. One lesson. Right. It, <laughs> exactly. It, it, it takes years and tears, as, as you know. It's, mm -hmm. um, and and yeah. nothing comes easy. It, no. it, it's so difficult. And I think when you 
you know, because I know a lot of people who get into martial arts specifically for films, specifically, okay. you know, for specifically for these reasons, you know, for the social aspects and everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's great. But I think it's important to be clear as to why you want to train. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, there's a film called The Art of Self-Defense. Um, I've heard of with, it, yeah. With Jesse Eisenberg. It, it's a it's it's a strange film. Very, very strange film. Okay. So then... Um, but the you know the karate instructor said okay you know what, what is your reason for starting the train you know and some people might be embarrassed to explain why that mm-hmm. they want to get you know, the, oh yeah I just want to do it for the fitness element or maybe but maybe it's because they actually had issues in the past of bullying or whatever you know so I think um, you know it's it's being honest you know about why we want to train and we we as instructors have to be just as honest and transparent and say look. I'm gonna be honest. This is not, this is not in my remit, and, and I'm not gonna sell you a product that I don't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, if if say I said to you, hey, hey, Tristan, my, my, my son wants to do UFC. He wants to get into MMA, and uh, you know, I want you to train for it. It's like, you know, and you're like, okay, well, when's the fight? And it's like, well, it's in in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? It's like sure. oh, we have to be so honest and realistic and, and transparent about these things. Um, and you know, I've I've certainly turned away students before, or potential students before, because they were after something that uh, I, I wasn't particularly. You know, it's not something that I wanted to. You know, it's like right. someone said to me, "Look, you know, uh, I've got a boxing match coming up. Can you coach me?" I said, "Look, I can hold some pads for you." Okay, and I can maybe help you with a few techniques here and there, but yeah, you're going to be fighting someone who's going to be boxing you. You know what I mean? I think it's good for you to be in that environment with other boxers. You know, right. so here's a list of other boxing instructors. Yeah, but I want to train with you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but you know, it's <laughs> so. Well, it's that's like- the thing, you know, and, and I can I know that from a, you know, I have my own dojo. I even feel that draw. Of, I don't want to turn away somebody. Yeah. You know, but yet you cannot deceive or no. mislead or, you know, allow somebody to become your student when you don't believe that you've got, you're the best person that they yeah. can get for to fulfill their needs. Sure. And and that's one of those, you know, even when I opened my dojo, I, I really had to think through and like, OK, how am I going to handle this? And they, yes. right away, it occurred to me, like somebody comes to me, I want to get them the best result possible. Yes. And if I'm not the guy to fulfill it, I will find somebody that will, that yes. will help them that way. Like that, to me, that's, that's what integrity is when you, when you, you don't want to just take their money and say, yeah, you should join our program. I mean, everybody has run across that slimy sales guy that says, oh, I can sell you everything, you know, whatever you need, I got it. And yeah. they'll, they'll basically start to steer you into, you know, being the solution you need because they want to make that sale. And, and, oh. I, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I knew a kid whose dad pushed him, you know, really hard. His dad was, uh, part of me feels that his dad was living through his kid, you know, it's sure. like, um, yeah, that happened. and yeah, so the kid would, you know, he, he was he trained hard, but he trained with so many other people. And then he met some, I think the dad found some guy to teach him, um, to teach him kickboxing and everything and you know yeah it's like uh, and, and this guy this instructor said to him look you know i don't do this but you know i one of my other friends he does do kickboxing he does teach it so maybe you could speak to him 
Mm-hmm. And then that instructor then called the first one and said, hey, man, thanks for sending that kid over to me. You know, I've just taken three, 3,000 pounds off the desk. So, yeah, I'm on holiday now. On holiday. <laughs> That's right. Mm, mm, yeah. Great. It, and I think it's, uh, unfortunately, the, the, there is a lot of malpractice in, in, in what we do. You know, it's right. uh, people who will, you know, uh, will be disingenuous about what it is they do and how good they are at what they profess right. to do it's like uh and i, I think that is and you get it in every industry really you know you get it oh, in yeah. every single absolutely industry. and you know i think so long as uh, i mean it, here in oxford where i live i've got like a, a group of instructors who are um you know a group of instructors that i care about who i who i trust mm-hmm. it's like one of them is um he's like a uh he, he he kind of he's of a similar build to me, but what he, his style is pure conditioning. So mm-hmm. he, you know, it hurts me to hit him, for instance. You know, sure. so I'll get students who come to me and say, "I really want to do some conditioning." So I've seen you on the Master Wong videos and everything. Mm-hmm. I'll, the first thing I always say, look, you know, so conditioning, yeah, I do, I do it, but I'm not an expert at it. You know, what you see in the videos is someone asked a question. And I, me and Master Wong helped to answer that question. Mm-hmm. I said, but this is the best guy for it locally. You know, this is the right. best guy that you should contact. And he's my friend, so I can put you in touch. But mm-hmm. so um, I'm never afraid to, to, to defer to someone and refer someone to someone else's expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important for us to be open enough to do that. You know, it's like sure. we don't have all the answers. And, uh, and for sure, it's like if it's con- something like conditioning, then... The last thing I want to be doing or thinking is, does does my insurance cover this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always that factor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it as I think about it too, the I've gotten asked so many times, like, oh, I've been thinking about getting into martial arts, and you're a martial artist, so tell me about what you know, what would be a good art for me, uh, or you know, what do you what do you think, or here's what I'm thinking about, uh, you know, take, I'm thinking about taking up this art. Do you think it would be a good fit? Um, and I, one of the things that I tell everybody is I, it's just like me, like finding a good auto mechanic or finding a good physician. There are good ones out there. There are bad ones out there. There are horrible ones out there. Just be ready to, to manage your experience. Yes. You know, do your best and realize you might come across a, a dojo or an instructor. That's not a fit for you. You might come across a total nut job that is, you should, you know, run, not walk yeah. away from them. But keep looking for the one that is the good fit. Keep looking for the one that is going to get you what you are looking for. And also realize that as you train and as you grow, you might very well need other mentors to, to, to augment what that person is teaching you. Like this is a, a a journey, not just a, I'm going to go like find a restaurant because I'm looking for a great steak and then it's done. Like it doesn't, it's, it's far more comprehensive than that. That's fantastic. Um, I love that. Uh, you know, but, but, uh, but I think that, you know, the, and I, I'm sure it's probably similar there, but people here in the U S are caught in this consumer culture thing. Like when they go look for an art, they, they look for kind of like they're buying a car. Does it have, you know, power windows? Does it have power seats? Does that lever, you know, they're looking for the features to buy the best thing and they want to compare one to the other. Yeah. And inevitably what I advise people is martial arts, don't work the same way. You're not, you're not just buying a set of techniques or anything like that. You're, 
you're actually going through a growth experience. And, and I, and I think, you know, in taking people that are interested from watching movies and, and martial arts, and they think, Hey, I, I want to be physical like this. There's a physical part of my life that's not being fulfilled. Martial arts is a great way to fulfill that. In fact, Absolutely. I think it's far better than, than a lot of just plain old exercising, which is boring, you know, mind numbingly boring. It's in, it's mentally engaging as well as physically engaging, but uh, it really experiences so dependent on what that dojo is doing and what that instructor is doing. And it really has very little to do with the art there. Uh, most martial arts are great at, in, in their way. Yeah. Obviously finding one that fits your interest is, is crucial, but that the instructor and the, and the group is doing it in the way that that's, what's going to fulfill you. And that can be kind of a long explanation for somebody that's like, well, just tell me what the best martial art is, or tell me what the most, you know, <laughs> what the most kick-ass instructor is that's all i wanted to know yeah the, when they get into it they'll realize or they'll come back and say you know you're you were right i mm -hmm. and i did find a good fit or i i didn't and i'm still looking but the formula is the same yes and and that's taking i guess the level of sophistication up a notch a bit for what to yeah. look for and what to expect you can't and i think you know no one no one person has all the answers you know i think correct especially yep. for you it's like um people might not agree with my teaching style so they find something else that resonates with them better you know hey no, that's fine you know it, i think whilst we all are on a martial journey i think we're all still walking slightly different paths so right. you know different levels of understanding it's like mm -hmm. um like so someone will say to me oh you know aikido really doesn't work i was well you know actually the when you're working in security and you've got multiple attackers coming at you, mm -hmm. it's very useful. It is the principles of Aikido are fantastic. You know, it, it it really really works. But it's like, um, you know, if I were to, um, if I was just doing boxing, for instance, against multiple attackers, then it's, you know, it, right. it's it, you know, I'm concentrating on one person and I get hit the back of the head. So you know, mm -hmm. I, I think you know, it's important for us to expose ourselves to. A world because more of the martial arts just because i feel that um a lot of people who are starting out they don't know what they don't know you know right. it's um so, so true yeah and I, I think um uh, the more i learn the more i realize that it's to learn you know i'm I, i'm looking at stuff thinking heck i thought i was getting better <laughs> was yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah, it, yeah it's and i think we have to be so um, open-minded to where we are at the moment you know it's like when I watch someone do something phenomenal you know I, sometimes I might think you know ah yeah that, that's not practical but at the same time I'm, I'm also thinking everything I can do now seemed impossible a few years ago right and so who knows where I'll be in the future you know what I mean I think um, so and I say that to you know people who are just coming in um, look you know go easy on yourself don't don't have these crazy expectations that you need to meet you know it's like right. i'm not going to make crazy promises and say look in a in two weeks from now you train with me once a week for two weeks that's two hours okay <laughs> you know oh you know you'll be the next such and such champion or whatever nah you know it's it's uh, and i think how it's branded as well you know how you you market yourself and everything you know it's got to be so honest you know and i think yeah. Because I've had actors who want to do martial arts with me, and they say, "Can I come to your classes?" You can, but bearing in mind this is two different things. You know, I'll teach one thing; you're looking for something else. That's something you and I can do separately somewhere else. 
-hmm. and I have a skill set that it, that would be applicable to what they want to do. Have you know because I work in the industry. Mm -hmm. However, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have any film experience whatsoever, and someone wanted to learn screen fighting, I would be the last person that you want to come to. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. so honesty, transparency. We need all those things, you know, and. Mm, it's very important. You know, and I agree with you, especially that, that uh, I mean, honesty is a fundamental virtue of a good society. You, you can't have deceit and, and have, you know, a, a stable culture. But the transparency thing, and I, I think that one of the stresses that's going on with the martial arts is that YouTube and this showing, it's forcing martial arts to be transparent. It is showing things that I think a lot of martial artists real from the honesty that's 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 shared and I, I i personally see that as an opportunity for a martial art or for an instructor or for a practitioner to step up and say okay there's a deficiency here i need to fill this in in my art and i suppose we could this is probably going to be a, a topic for another podcast <laughs> uh you know we could keep going but but i i do think that the movies created the, those super high, you know, multi-million dollar commercials for martial arts. And that was from the seventies, even through to today, but the transparency that's coming behind it, which is, okay, what does the art actually deliver? Yes. I, I think audiences are starting to get more sophisticated to understand. Yes. I'm not going to be John wick through my martial art training, but what am I actually looking for? What, what can I, what's a good art that's going to be a, a good fit for me? Um, yes. And be able to, to browse on YouTube and find, you know, what these arts look like, how they train. Uh, you know, there's so many great videos that show how instructors will teach technique. You know, not to say that they're necessarily looking at the technique, although that's probably something they're looking at, but also the what it's like to have a teacher show you and, and say, here's how a technique goes, or here's how we learn. Like, to me, that's a great thing for, for, for the martial arts and also for the instructors who can now compare how they teach to how somebody else who's made it a video teaches and say, Hey, that's a good way to teach this. I know that's affected how I teach it because I love studying not only the martial art, but I watch, I love watching how instructors connect to their students yeah. and how they, the method they use to guide a student into learning a technique. Cause there's a bad way to do it and there's a good way to do it and somewhere in between. Yes. And, you know, not only do I want to be a great martial artist, I want to be a great teacher. And so, yeah. you know, with that journey, you know, how, how do you present this in a way that just clicks with people and they understand it? Like, so I, there's I transparency is huge. You, you're absolutely right. It's like um, some of the best fighters are not the best instructors. True. You know, it's like one of my friends uh, who I regard to be a fantastic instructor. Mm -hmm. He, he was not a um, natural, should we say, mm -hmm. you know, it's like his coordination was a bit off. His flexibility wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. And then he's had to work so hard to get all those things. Sure. So when he teaches, he teaches the way he wishes he was taught. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. I think <laughs> that we all do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, the patience he has that, you know, he's like, right. Okay. If that doesn't work, what you can do is this way. That's what I did when I first started. I thought, oh, good on you. You know, it's because sure. um, I think you get some guys who are a bit more say, um, who had a natural affinity, natural talent for this. It's like, 
you tell them to break down exactly what they just did naturally. It's like, <laughs> I've had that. I mean, back when I was fighting, you know, I would talk with fighters that were phenomenally talented and, you know, I was friends with a lot of them and we'd sit down and have a beer and I'd say, all right, I want you to tell me how you, how you set this up and how you did it. And they exactly like that. Like, um, <laughs> I just do it, you know, yeah. and they, they can't explain it at all. And, and my asking that question, of course, because I was friends with them for years, it's, I'd see the growth as they'd say, you know, that was a good question. I should probably think about how I do that. Why does it work? What do I do specifically that makes that work correctly? And how do I spot if it's not going that way? And why don't I do it, you know, under different conditions? And it's, it's yet another aspect of growth, yeah, um, of personal agree. growth as a martial artist or a competitor. Um, it's interesting to see somebody though, that is so incredibly talented, like mm. top of their game. And yeah. when you ask them, how do you do it? They're like, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of funny. It, um, it's true. You know? it, it, and I think, you know, it's um, like, if you say have Mike Tyson, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, you, you know, if I say Mike Tyson is my coach, mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. Well, he's been there, done that. Okay. Right. But then you look at him as an instructor. Well, it's like, uh, you look at his instructor, Customato. Customato, uh, yeah. It's like, okay, um, you know, he, you know, I, I'm not too sure how good Cus was as a boxer. Okay. Right. He had, as, as I remember his record, he had one fight, which he lost. Mm -hmm. And I believe he suffered an injury. Uh, mm. I don't know if it was during the fight or shortly afterwards that ended his boxing career. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, but and I don't know about the, the, the loss. I have no idea what, what the story mm. of that fight was, but I mean, in terms of a trainer and a coach, he was second to none. In fact, it, the, the system that he developed, in my opinion, is probably the most impressive offensive, most impressive system of hand-to-hand -hand combat probably ever, ever created. Like that guy was a genius. And yeah, yeah so absolutely. you cannot sell that short at all. No, um, absolutely. And tremendous yeah. in character. Like when you hear him talk about training and, and developing young men and, and the, yeah. the character and integrity that he came with, I mean, Sterling in terms of his selflessness and, and what he created. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, you know, yeah. He's one of my heroes. Yeah, I, 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 oh, <laughs> I love him. And I think when you have... Um, Certainly, I, I know a lot of um, top fighters and everything. It's like, and you know, they come and teach a seminar and everything. This is just what I. This is what I do. You know, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, but you know, these guys are not on the same kind of level. That's why you're here. You know? Sure, <laughs> sure. And, and it's like, uh, um, you know, that's something I had to learn when I was younger. If I was come, if I was a guest instructor, uh, you know, you are here. Okay, you can't cannot assume that they know what you know. That's why they're there, to learn what you know. So you have to explain it, you know, and you go at the pace of the slowest person if you can and everything, and you work with them. And it's not like, uh, this is all the information, okay, go practice and come back to me and I'll build on that. You know, it's, a, mm -hmm. you know, there's a, of course there's an element of that, but it's like you want to nurture that relationship with them. Um, sure. You know, you want to nurture that, you want to, uh, yeah, it's like, guiding people as well i think that's so, so important to be able to as an instructor anyway because um i want my students to reflect well on me you know yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. absolutely i had a student uh i think it was a couple of years ago you know it's like oh you know someone got in his face and everything and I thought, oh what happened because well i managed to you know 
I, I found out why he was so upset. It was a massive misunderstanding. And, you know, he shook my hand, apologized, and we walked our separate ways. I thought, that's a win. <laughs> fantastic. He, I, I said, um, yeah, he, he said, I knew fighting was the last resort. And part of me was hoping that he would try something, but I'm glad nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, me too. Me too. That's, it's that's a perfect <laughs> attitude. Exactly. You don't yeah. want it, but you're ready if it happens. Yeah. I and mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, uh, my, my personal philosophy is I train when I don't want to, so that I can fight when I have to. Right. But only when I absolutely have to, when I've exhausted all other options. And yep. it's, um, and I, I think it's, you know, most fights happen of a time of their choosing, not yours, unless right. you're the one picking the fight. <laughs> yeah. but, um, Which we shouldn't be. No, <laughs> don't be no, that guy. No, <laughs> yep. Absolutely not. It's, yep. You know, I think it's an episode of Friends, I think, when Ross goes to the self-defense class and he says, can you teach me how to attack someone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, instructor says, wait. the instructor says, wait, you want me to teach you how to attack women? <laughs> like, and... <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, dear. That's well, crazy. to bring this back around, there's one, one actual topic I wanted to discuss. Uh, mm. And this is related to to Bruce Lee. And, and I remember him talking about, and I forget if I read this or, or if I heard him say this, but I I think I read it where he said, what I showed in, in my movies was not what I created with Jeet Kune Do because then this brings us back to that movie thing. The, the entertainment that he showed was the entertainment. What he wanted for his art was a very efficient, art that anybody could learn and do and even he acknowledged that that he was a physical specimen like he could physically do what others could not do and he said i don't want i didn't want jeet kune do to be something that you had to have my kind of physicality in Mm. order to be able to do and i think that the point i wanted to bring up was and i kind of asked this question for people to think about if it would had not been for bruce lee being a big movie star would Jeet Kune Do, which I think is a very innovative art, would it have become as popular as it did? I don't think it would have, but I, I have so much regard for how diligent Bruce Lee was in creating, evolving Wing Chun and filling in the holes that it had that he was trying to address. And he did such a great job of it that I think Jeet Kune Do would be a solid art all on its own without that. Yes. But it comes down to the marketing. I don't know what his marketing yeah. would have been like, but I mean, obviously with his movies, it was such a marketing success and his name. True. I mean, uh, I, I am certain that um, Wing Chun grew in popularity because of the It Man films. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, you know well, it resurged. Sure. I think it kind of started to disappear. And then that, then those movies brought, brought it back. It's like, you know, what you said about Rocky, for instance, you know, it's like how many people want to take a boxing after that? You know, it's... Uh, and I think with Jeet Kune Do, I mean, I, I love the concept. Mm-hmm. And I feel that everyone's Jeet, Jeet Kune Do should, be, should look different anyway. You sure. know, I, um, so I, I, it's like, uh, I know full well that I could never, I, could, I can't move the way Bruce Lee does, you know, and I'm, you know. I don't think like, anybody <laughs> could. He's so amazing. Right? You know, so I think it's like, uh, you know, I'm also sure that because I have, a hundred pounds on him, for instance, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to do things as easily as I could, you know, right. um, because I have that weight behind me or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have other attributes. Sure. And I think, um, you know, it's learning your strengths and playing to and working on those weaknesses as well. You know, it's, um, but for sure, I think 
when you when you see films like um i think now you get mma films like uh i think it's called warrior uh with tom hardy and okay. um, i think the best mma film i ever saw was here comes the boom with um kevin james it, it's a comedy but it's okay. <laughs> it's very tongue-in-cheek it is brilliant, sure. but it's, and i think with of course that kind of stuff is it, going to increase the popularity of you know it's like i think brazilian jiu-jitsu now is a very it's a it's a huge part of our it was a part of culture now i mean you know there's an episode where of the simpsons where a character actually refers well you know i know brazilian jiu-jitsu so once it's in the simpsons it's part of our it's part of everyday it's solidified it's been set in stone (laughs) yeah yeah and i think um for sure you know i mean i i know a load of guys who do brazilian jiu-jitsu because they have seen they've seen it in films you know and it's you know they see it in ufc and everything it's like okay you know and hey awesome you know it's like if if there's a way for you to that inspires you to get into martial arts i think that's great i think from that point onwards you then need to manage your expectations Mm -hmm. you know i I much prefer that to someone someone getting bullied to do martial arts you know what i mean it's like which is probably how a lot of people started with martial arts to begin with you know it's like um like uh i've been watching a lot of cobra kai um, oh, that's great! Yeah, Cobra Kai is great. <laughs> oh my good! I'm gonna be honest though. I I, I don't watch it for the fight scenes. The, oh no, the, no, no! It's yeah. <laughs> the fight scenes are not the the, the big draw of Cobra. No, Kai, sure. the, just the storytelling is just yeah. um, that's something else. You know, it's yeah. like uh, it, for me, it's at the point where I I don't know if I should say this on camera, but it's like uh, the storytelling so good that um, the fighting is secondary. You know, it's like. Sure. Even if it's a move that I don't, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I don't think is particularly great. Hey, I can see why they put it in. I can feel that kick that he just took to the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. well, and just to realize, like what you're see, what you're seeing, and I think this is an audience sophistication thing. Is just realize it's a fantasy. You're being yes. told a fanciful story, and we need the story of our heroes. We need the story yes. of our villains. We need the story of the drama between the heroes and the villains. Like this is a part of humanity that is always going to be there. It should be there. Mm-hmm. We, we need the, that, that illusion and that the willing suspension of disbelief that needs to be a part of it. And, but it, we have to be careful of trying to take that fantasy realm into re- the reality realm. It can inspire yeah. us. It can motivate us. Those are fantastic things, but we—it's not a one-to-one translation. No, no, um, no. It's very, very few occurrences in real-life situations have ever have ever gone a hundred percent my way. Should we say right. it's like um, um, and it's like I, I I would practice this technique. I think years ago I had this spinning psychic, which was perfect. It, it was nice. just, and you know, every time I'd spar people, pow, you know. They just never see it coming. It was just there. Right. And I found myself in this situation um, and um, I was too keen to do it and I missed. Ah, and, okay. Hey, yeah. I, I missed. Now, hey, I won the fight, but right. I, I will forever be that guy who tried to spin his psychic and missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yep. um, hey, fine, you, you live and learn, but it's... Yep. Uh, and when I think of, of, of the spinning sidekick, I think of Benny the Jet. Like, that oh. guy was... If anybody could do it, like clockwork it was him and and he's another one of my heroes and and he, you know, yet from he, the fighting realm but but he was also in the movies i mean yes he was i mean and that's 
Yeah. Maybe the Jet. I mean, like, um, you know, he for me, he is probably one of the very few people who can call him call themselves a genuine world champion. And I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even call himself that. You know, it's other people who bestowed that title to him. Um, but you know, he fought everyone and anyone. You know, it's like, uh, and he was so good. You know, it's yeah. like even today when I, um, you watch him teaching and everything, I love his approach. He's so yeah. personable. You know, it's like he looks a certain way, mm-hmm. but you know when you hear him talk, he's so articulate and everything, and yeah. you know that's a gentleman. He's so genuine and, and humble too. You yeah. know, I really like how I mean he's the perfect example of a gentleman warrior. Yeah. In my in my opinion, um, you know, fantastic. He's, you know, he's, he has the kind of character I wish that more martial artists had and you know because i've run into probably the same thing you have there's some egomaniacs out there and some nut jobs but but benny comes across with that genuine caring about other people he he is generous and kind and and you know i've never met him in person but everything that i've seen of him and heard from people that have Mm. met him are like he is a a gentleman of the first order and like that's that's a good representative for what martial arts should be i can i completely agree and i think you know, as martial artists, the fighting element is just one aspect of who you should be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's such a um, you train you train for the fighting, but you know, the martial arts principles should should apply to every part of your life. And I think um, someone like Benny the Jet, he just epitomizes that. You know, and he does. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like I I know people who train with Chuck Norris as well, and they say Chuck is just a great guy. You know? I've heard the same thing. Like, yeah. yeah. A total and, gentleman, and it's like, um, like Dolph Lundgren, um, who who is, you know, physically just a huge fella, you know, yeah, and he yeah. he's got that balance of of you know intellectual, you know, he's so intellectual, and also you know how he comes across as well. I mean, he he is a gentleman. I, I think he's uh, even a do- like a doctor of astrophysics or something too. On top of it, yeah. like he's just amazing. I mean, I think it was, yeah, like. He did like chemical engineering as well. Yeah, so, and, yeah, yeah you're, I think you're MIT right. Was, and it was, um, hey, that that's that's tough. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I met Jet Li in 2000. So Jet Li was my, I mean, I was 11 or 12 at the time. And he was one of the most humble people I've ever met. And it's like, I'm expecting, you know, yeah, like as a kid, you're expecting this guy's your hero. You've seen him like beat so many people in, in, in all his films and everything, you know, he's taken on 50 people and then he walks in and, you know, he is the nicest person. He is sure. the nicest person and calm and just so humbled that there are people there who, 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 who want to talk to him and, and interact with him. And I think I was the youngest guy there, which was awesome uh, nice. at the time. And, you know, he, it was like, Hey, look, you know, you know, what I do on films, you know, that, I'm just a normal guy. You know, I've got some skills, but then, but those skills go into what I do with movies. And then, sure. you know, he was so gentle, kind. And then you hear in interviews when he did it for Cradle to the Grave when he's fighting these cage fighters, like, oh, who would win in the fight? You or these cage fighters? Goes, oh, oh, yeah. You, you serious? Those guys will crush me. Yeah, no, those guys will win. You know. Yeah. So it's like I don't know anyone who dislikes him. You know what I mean? It's like, um, and I think that's that's a mark. I mean that's a mark of a true character. He's got no one to compete with. You know, it's like, um, and I think 
if you can if we can hold ourselves to that similar kind of standard where you know hey you've got nothing to prove you know mm-hmm. it's um of course if you're a competitive fighter then it's different i will say you know but you know someone like jet lee i mean that inspired me beyond belief where he was just a normal guy and martial right. arts was was his life it's a part of his life but a fight you know a fighter doesn't define who he is you know what right. i mean it's um well and i think that that the as people watch the movies the fantasy part that comes in is that the good guy is always going to win and yeah. if there was one reality that you need to accept is that's mm-hmm. not always the case because every mm-hmm. we're always the good guy no matter who you are you always view yourself <laughs> as the good guy Absolutely, uh, but violence does not work on the same. You know that that the good guy is going to win when you're watching a movie. Yes, you know maybe not in the beginning because he gets he gets his ass beat and then he comes back and you know trains up and goes and defeats the villain. Um, but but this is one of those things that needs to get torn down is that anything can happen yes. in a violent encounter, and you cannot count on being the the superhero, the Achilles, or the you know no. the one who's who always prevails. I mean, re- redemption is is a huge element. I mean, it's like Dark Knight Rises with Batman um, fighting Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually the same story as Rocky fighting Clubber Lang. It's actually the same story. <laughs> right. You know, he, he's this guy who who's on top. You know, he's like the superhero gets beaten by Bane, gets beaten by Clubber Lang. Both of them go into some kind of solitary confinement or. or, or where they have to train up and then come back and redeem themselves. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's essentially the same story, but it doesn't make me love it less. You know, right? right. <laughs> and of course, well, there's so much to storytelling, the background yes. and the and the the characters, and you know, we all want that kind of redemption. If we have gone through something traumatic, we always want that kind of redemption. I think films certainly inspire inspires that so i want to take a martial arts so that i can go back and teach my bully a lesson teach you know, right. it's you know it's it works in films i mean in real life it doesn't always pan out that way and, and um like so i think you know when when someone starts a martial arts class we have to we have to give them that dose of reality and that you know mm-hmm. you know that realism actually oh. you know the last thing you should do is 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 fight you know back and if you can teach a bully a lesson if push comes to shove great if you can befriend your bully and everything hey great but it's all about your own personal growth you know it's and i I think that's that's so important it's not just not making these students into bloodthirsty monsters that just want to fight you know it's (laughs) well you know you've so hit the nail on the head here and i think this is why those that those stories need to be told because Mm -hmm. of that redemption part i mean i know i got into martial arts because i was bullied as a kid Mm -hmm. and what i didn't like was my feel that feeling of helplessness yeah and so i went through that curve now i wasn't inspired by movies i was inspired by my my own life experiences but that part where just like you explained in the story i trained i learned i sought out teachers i trained you know, it took me a long time, but now when I face a bully, I don't have that feeling of helplessness. I know what I'm capable of. Now I know that I'm not invincible. That's true. But I also know that if somebody's going to take me down, they are going to have to work really hard and I'm going to take a piece of their hide. I mean, that's basically it. And, and to me, facing a bully and, and getting into a fight and beating them 
is not what I was training for. It's the confidence to stand there and know that I'm not going to be an easy victim and that I'm going to, I'm going to be confident. Not that I can, you know, walk into some extremely dangerous place and lay the whole place down because that's not realistic either. But that, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm at the whim of other people yes. that, that want to dominate me. And that's, that's really crucial. Um, You're absolutely right. And I think with um, any assaults that I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, whatever, whatever I did, I don't probably, they probably didn't learn their lesson. No one ever came back for seconds, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that, you know, they will probably still go out and do that to, to, to less able people. You know what I mean? That, that, that's the thing. It's, it, which is the unfortunate thing, you know, it's like, um, you know, it, if, if you beat someone, uh, chances are you might not have changed them at all. You know, you, you would have made them more angry. You know? Sure. <laughs> so it's, um, I think in real life situations, my goodness, um, these days, and I would never say this when I was younger, absolutely. Like um, even maybe, maybe 10 years ago, I still wouldn't say this. It's like, now I'm the first person to walk away from the, from the situation. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, it's not the hill I want to die on. You know, it's, right. <laughs> And I think, you know, I've been training, I've trained every day for 28 years, every mm-hmm. single day for 28 years. Um, I never skipped a day. And it's... That's an impressive think, record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an impressive record. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I mean, it, it is always train when you don't want to see the fight when you have to. But mm-hmm. it's like 28 years. The next person, if, if I ever get into another physical confrontation, I feel it would be wasted for me to do anything on them, you know, 28 years. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, you know, and I, I blow it all on, on hitting some, some drunk guy, you know what I mean? It's right, like, right. Um, that's, I mean, if I have to restrain or whatever, or, or, you know, just keep myself safe. Okay, fine. But to cause physical damage onto someone like that, you know, mm-hmm. I will get no pleasure from that. You know, it's not, sure. it's not a story that I would be proud to tell my students or proud to tell my friends or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I would just rather avoid the hassle completely and the legal ramifications mm-hmm. um, and just remove myself from the situation completely. You know, it's um, especially if I'm with someone I care about as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm with, say a girlfriend or i'm with someone who's less abled then my responsibility extends to them my capabilities extend absolutely yeah if i get into this fight can i ensure their safety mm-hmm. if not why am i fighting you know it's like um right. you know and to be honest um my main concern um well sure i should say that say this on camera either but i will uh my main concern is what my mother would say <laughs> <laughs> you can't disappoint mom <laughs> oh that that is the worst thing you know it's like just uh oh my goodness Mm -hmm. so it's like when every time i used to do a well every security security shift i ever did my mother would stay up every every shift just Mm -hmm. to make sure i got home okay you know it's like the last thing i would ever want to do is 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 you know do something silly not just because of you know what the legal consequences may be but what she would say (laughs) You never want to facing a judge is one thing. Having to face mom is another. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, and, and I guess that expectation thing. You know, if, if 
you go into martial arts expecting John Wick, James Bond, that sort of thing, Batman, you know, you're, you're going to be let down. And, yeah. and that's, and I think that if it, people that, that go to tr start training and realize that's not happening and then they quit, I think that's part of the, you know, the drop off that happens, yeah. but um, the ability to train and build confidence in yourself, that is the life changing part of martial art training. Um, more. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, I just had a student this last week tell me, he's like, you know, training here has really changed my life. It's changed my personality for the better. Wow. You know, I'm learning to, to grow as a person. I'm confident where I wasn't before. And he came to me because he, um, he had been confronted by a customer of his who got started to get puff up and started to get physical. And he realized I have no, no idea what to do. Yeah. This is outside the realm of my, my abilities. And, and uh, you know, it's that real world inspiration versus the fantasy inspiration was, you know, easier to address. And so it's just one of those things, though, that that as people come in, you find out what, what is your inspiration? What has inspired you? And if, even if they say, you know, I'm inspired by that, that the hero I saw, or I want to be able to do these types of things like, you know, Martial art training will get you a part of that, but yes. we have to make sure we're not giving you the distorted part, the, the, the yes. bad expectations. Yeah. Uh, we we want to get you the right ones. And that includes, you know, not only the, the capabilities, but also the, the character and the judgment, the good judgment that goes with when do you yes. use these tools, not just here are some great tools, um, you know, so. I completely agree. No, absolutely. Uh I think no, we're definitely on the same page here. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, oh my goodness, it's like uh, I, I've had a similar conversation with other martial artists before. No, 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 no. It's like, and they had the whole Cobra Kai kind of approach where sure. it, you, you, you're preempted. You, you strike first. You know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, one yeah. of my one of my students. Um, oh, this is not good. So um, he he got into an argument with someone and. Um, he said, well, I was certain that he was going to hit me. I said, so what did you do? He said, oh, no, I hit him first. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I said, So describe to me this def definition of certain. You were certain he was going to hit you. <laughs> yeah. So. Is the funny thing is, he, he's a lawyer. Oh, okay. So I'm like, oh. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, get a, get a refund. Or yep. <laughs> yep. But it's, um, yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, but, you know, when when his um when this guy's girlfriend was telling me to stop and she she was gonna call the police, I thought maybe I'm the bad guy. I'm like, right. <laughs> it took you, it took you that far to real. Um, I, I say he was my student, so he was my student for a few years, and then when he went back home, um, I think it was maybe four or five years after he'd been at home. So I can't say that it, it, it was my teachings that led right, him to right. throw that first punch. <laughs> but, just That's how cool. he said it, he's like, I was certain that he was going to hit me. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, well, what'd you do? He said, no, so, so I hit him first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, no. <laughs> oh, goodness cool. me. Well, I'm, I, uh, I think we get into a wrap-up point. We're a little over yeah. 90 minutes, so this has been oh, a great goodness. conversation. It's flown by. <laughs> I just looked at the clock. Wow. And like, wow. Um, I'm very much looking forward to coming over. We're still on track for coming over for the seminar, or I yes. should say workshop. Uh, in the fall we're targeting for september uh, i can't wait to get on the mat with you and and, yes. and the other people like i Absolutely. got so much great stuff that i'm looking forward to sharing and having you guys share with me and um 
yeah, I want to have it be a, a different experience from what people tend to do when they gather up. Uh, we're going to have like a laboratory, like let's play and oh, enjoy wait. the martial arts and, and, and kind of, you know, do our best to wow each other. I think it's going to be fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, um, I think, I think we can learn lots from each other. You know? Absolutely. I think this is a very conducive environment. And mm -hmm. um, I'm also looking forward to whatever food we'll get afterwards. Uh. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, we're looking forward to my wife and I, are, we're both going to be coming over. So we're looking forward to the cuisine. Hopefully the, the lockdown situations are going to start lifting more. Uh, looking forward to that. If we have to push the date back a little bit, we will, but I am so determined to get over there. I'm, I've oh, me too. got a huge appetite for, for doing it. And my, I'm, I've got some students that want, want to come from my dojo over there as well. So my goodness. yeah, it's going to be really, oh, really great. great. Oh, um, thank you well, so much for having me on again. What's that? Thank you so much for having me on again. It's uh, yeah, thank you, John, for coming. Was there anything you wanted to wrap up with? Uh, I'll give you the last word and we'll wrap her up. Need the last word. Sure. <laughs> Well, anytime you want me to come back on, you know, I, I, you know, it is always an honor to be here, privilege, and, and you know, it's so lovely to speak to like-minded people like yourself, and just the, you know, the extent of your experience, and you know, it, it's humbling for me as well, and I think, um, you know, I love being here. So thank you so well, much. It's great to have you. I know I'm going to have you back on, and uh, I'll let, let the listeners in a little bit. I sent John <laughs> a list of top potential topics to talk about. And uh, he's like, I was excited for all of them. So we're going we're gonna to nail some of those other ones too here. Uh, shortly. That's right. Go figure. Two martial artists excited to talk about martial arts. Like, how has that ever happened? <laughs> oh, so exciting. Tristan, thank you so much. I, I'm you know, very grateful to be here. You bet. Thank you, John. It was great having you on and uh, look forward to it again. Yes, absolutely. Take care now. Take care. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Stay tuned for more episodes. I've got some great stuff on the way very soon. In the meantime, enjoy your training.